Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. Come on, faith. Happy New Year, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, man, I'm already a wreck. So just bear with me if this is your first Sunday. Praise God. But um, so uh, we uh, usually just kind of volley here at City Life. We kind of volley back and forth in between digging into a book of the Bible and really kind of going deep and discovering what God's Word says, and then uh, we usually sometimes do a series, and we kind of valley back and forth. Well, uh, this series is, is a, a rather unique one. Uh, it's something the Lord has uh, asked me to do, and so um, it comes with a little more emotion from me because it's a little more invulnerable, vulnerable place for me. Um, but kind of the heartbeat behind this, the behind this series is uh, I never really usually talk about myself up here. I, you, you, most of my examples are historical examples because I love history and I don't really like the, the spotlight on myself. And so um, the Lord's kind of challenged me on this. So um, following the Lord almost 30 years and, you know, when I think about the scope of uh, following him, it's in... When it, when it comes to angels, I'm, I'm still a child. And, uh, but he's challenged me to kind of maybe impart some things that over the past 30 years, he's maybe put in my life. And uh, sharing it. Sorry. Whoa. Happy New Year. <laughs> Let's dive in the deep end. Whoa. Sorry. So. Lord, help me. Um, thanks, babe. Wow. I thought this was going to come more towards the end in my uh, whiteboarding of this whole deal. <laughs> Sorry. Patience. I appreciate your patience. It's like sometimes in a funeral... My mom said the worst thing, I, I don't want anybody in my funeral to get up and then just cry. That's the word. Anyway, sorry. But it happens. Sorry, Ma. So anyway, um, anyway, we're just going to, we're going to talk about communing with the Lord. Communing with the Lord. So let's pray. Jesus, need you here this morning. Father, we God, we thank you for who you are and what you've done to open up the doorway to you. And I pray that you would give us new lenses into what that is and lead us into an intimate place with you that maybe most of us have never experienced before. But God, we're here, and we're here with a sense of expectation that, God, that you're doing something. God, that you're doing something in our lives. God, that you're doing something in and around us, God, that we want to be a part of. And Father, God, we know that we're weak vessels, and 
God, we are not sometimes the people that we desire to be. And so, God, we humbly bring ourselves before you to say, Father, open us up and teach us how to commune with you, how to be with you. And God, bring us into a maturity in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa. All right, so definitely... While Jesus said that it's good to have a childlike heart to be in the kingdom, uh, we don't want to be childlike in our communion with Him, in our relationship with Him. We want to be growing and maturing that our relationship with God doesn't just stay in kind of the religious Sunday school, I agree with the concepts and therefore I have a relationship with God type relationship of following Jesus. Jesus died to bring us into so much more than what I think we even believe is possible. But his word clearly states, and sometimes we have a hard time believing that word. Communing with the Lord, it's a place where he reveals himself. It's a place where he reveals his heart. God reveals his mind, his wisdom, his revelation to you where you are meeting with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not just a familiar friend. He's the one that made everything. But he has chosen to meet with you, to adopt you into his royal family, so you to have royal communion with him. Let's go. Matthew 7, 21. Let's read that. Scariest verse I know in the New Testament. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or cast out demons in your name or do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What's that? He's calling out those that are just religious, that are just doing this for a show or for fame or for resources or for whatever. Father God, we've done all these things. And then this reply, I never knew you. Jesus wants to know you and you need to know him. The sole purpose in life is to know Him, not know about Him. That word know in Greek is the same word as a husband and wife's intimacy, the sense of closeness, the totally vulnerable, nothing to hide. God wants to bring you into a greater place of closeness, connectedness, intimacy. And fellas, if intimacy is kind of an awkward word for you, how about camaraderie? A sense of closeness with the Spirit of God, the one who made you. In the Old Testament, we see this, this heart by God that wants to meet with his people. In Exodus 29, verse 42 and 3, the Lord, he's speaking to, just real quick, he's just to put some context, so I'm not just blasting random Bible verses at you. In the context of this, God is speaking to Aaron, 
and the line of the Levites, and it's really the priestly line. But it was always God's design that he would have a people who are priests, not just a special, you know, little group. And so God's expressing his heart to this, these people, these people of priests that he's called up, and he says, at the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak with you there, I will meet there with the sons of Israel, and it shall be consecrated by my glory. We know that Jesus died and rose again to pay a price for our sin that we could never pay. But then we kind of stop there. But that there's a place prepared for you before the Lord that He's inviting you into. And it's between you and Him alone. You saw this heart by God Himself when this temple that housed God's presence when Jesus was crucified, it said the earth shook and the veil of the Lord's temple split in two from top to bottom. And it was this veil, it weighed over three to five tons. It was over eight inches thick of like a huge carpet that was strung up to the high, it weighed three to five tons. This veil was torn in two supernaturally from the top to the bottom in which God was declaring, I want my presence to be released out of this temple and into the ends of the earth. My, my spirit is now accessible to humanity because of this sacrifice. The door has been swung open. And so the message of the gospel is repent the doorway is open because of Christ. Come in. Come in. What are you waiting for? What are you holding on to? What part of the world has snagged you or ensnared you that you think is giving you life? Do you know the more time you spend with that, the more farther down the road you go, the more it eats your soul. And in the process, you trade your soul and your love for the world, and God becomes very distant. The enemy knows how powerful our imagination is. And it's in this place God wants to captivate our imagination. Paul says that we take thought every, cap every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. When I think of thoughts, I also think of imaginations, the visions that are kind of painted before us. We all kind of use our imaginations in a certain way. It's like a muscle, just much, much like our heart, much like our, our mind, our imagination is powerful. And the enemy knows how powerful that can be to use this capacity that God gave us to commune with Yahweh, to hear his voice, to receive what we need, to receive revelation, insight, to receive encouragement, coaching from the Most High himself. And instead, we let the enemy mar and scar our imagination. We willingly, you've been duped, willingly embrace the marring of our imagination. Through horror, through comfort, through love, sex, especially fear. 
when you think of what fear is, it's a total capture of your imagination as to what the future is, and it's completely void of God in his presence. And that's the picture that the enemy loves sowing and capturing our heart and our imagination and getting us locked down into the enemy's picture of what he wants in your future. Don't let the enemy capture your imagination. This isn't like creating like what psychologists would call like a mind palace. That's of your own making. That's of your own will and effort trying to erect imagination, whatever. This is no, this is a sacred place. This is a consecrated place for his glory that God is inviting you into. And it's a sacred place built and directed by God. And if you hear anything, that's the one sentence I want you to hear. Built and directed by God. Meaning we don't make up elements in our prayer time with him. We wait for the Lord to reveal more. But it's this simple, restful place that the Lord has made for you and is inviting you into. And it becomes an anchor point where you and Jesus continually meet from that point on. And in that place, you commune with God. I want us to look at David, the warrior, ruler, worshiper, king, who throughout the Psalms, if you just spend any time in Psalms, you see this language bleed through 75% of the time. It's from David's communing imagination with the Lord. Psalm 63, 1 through 2. I've looked upon you. Oh, sorry. Let's read this. That's, I didn't write the whole verse there. Let's read that. Nope. One back. Oh, yes. That's the right one. Thank you, sir. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I've looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory. David speaking before the temple is even built. Where is he seeing the Lord in his sanctuary? It's when he's out in the field and he's spending time with God and he's stewarding what the Lord has put before him and he's communing. And he sees the Lord in his sanctuary. He sees his glory. He's out in the field and he's like, God, you're amazing. This is amazing. And I'm just shepherding sheep. How about Psalm 16? I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh is also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. He sees the Lord as his right hand. Like the Lord's before him always. And he's so before him that now it's went from his private kind of maybe worship before the Lord as he's out as a young man shepherding sheep. And now he's king and he's walking the streets with God's presence always before him. The joy 
of the Lord. The presence, there is fullness of joy. He knows walking before the Lord in this way, this is where the source of all of life comes. So, the Lord, uh, again, part of this message, just kind of sharing my own experience. And again, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, flower out too much because I want the Lord to build a place between you and the Lord himself. And so I don't want to necessarily uh, taint what God ever wants to build. But uh, I remember I grew up in church, so I was a religious kid, but really yielded my life to the Lord when uh, in between freshman and sophomore year in college. I started getting discipled and really started really following the Lord intentionally. And uh, his word just became alive. I started meeting some men around me that I admired, that I respected, and, and uh, they were willing to kind of spend time with me. And, and my whole life just kind of uh, changed. But then went into ministry, making a long story long. Went into ministry uh, in 99, and then uh, in 2007 or 8, um, it had just been a harder season, and 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 uh, I had went into kind of seasonal depression, like in a sense of of uh, not necessarily where um, chronic depression or somebody who might suffer from a chemical imbalance type depression. This would more have been circumstantial depression. But anyway, kind of in that place, um, I was just kind of broken, and uh, in a place of wor- in a place in worship, just much like we had this morning. And just kind of closing my eyes, um, the Lord just kind of invited me in my with with my imagination, invited me into this place, and it and it started just kind of as a as a pathway, and we were just walking, and and that was that became a place that that I could, no matter what was going on in my life, I could always kind of go to that little pathway. It was a safe place for me. It was it was a place where I felt rested. I like nature, and so. Um, and so I'm just walking, but but he it was in there that as I'm reading the word, as as I'm as I'm digesting, and I'm interacting with God's word, I'm learning more about him. I you know I'm just like Jesus seriously like this, you know, and and we begin to develop a relationship where it's not just creator, but it's not friend. It's like right in the middle where Jesus just reveals himself and. And he encourages my heart, and he rebukes me, and he corrects me, and um, he comes and gives me what my heart really needs. And sometimes in our childlike prayer, we can kind of like turn God into this cosmic Santa Claus, and really, we really just kind of find ourselves really praying, really spending time in that, even just remotely close to that space, where they're asking him for something. God, I need this. God, I want that. God, if you could really work this together. God, if you, and then that's the only space that maybe a follower of Jesus spends time in. Woe is you. There is so much more that God has for you, but we get caught in this little, little, weak, might I say, no, I won't. It's a weak path. And it's not the one that Jesus died to give you. It's one that goes all the way in. That goes all the way in to the throne room of God where you can receive grace and mercy and help in time of need.
but not just that, to develop a communion with the Father that sent His Son to bridge that gap. The chief aim of man is to know God and enjoy Him fully. I think for us to be the people that He's asking us to be in this hour, in this generation, it must be birthed out of this space with the Lord. If it's birthed out of a religious duty, if it's birthed out of, hey, I just, hey I'm just kind of going along to get along, you will not have the courage, strength, backbone, and might that God is asking His people to have in this hour. But it's from this place that the Lord's inviting you into. Seeing the, door, seeing the doorway, these ancient doors that have been opened to you because of the perfect blood sacrifice of Yeshua Yamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. One of my favorite movies, it's now a little old. I realize that a lot of, a lot of my movie references, I used to kind of used to like fly with movie references. You can't so much anymore because there's literally a million shows and it's, hardly, it's hard to find one show that everybody watches now that's even mildly appropriate to talk about. But anyway, so... But one of my favorite movies, so I don't know if you've seen it, and it's kind of a guy flick, but anyway, it's Braveheart. And, of course, it's like, of course a dude would say Braveheart. But anyway, Gen Xer. Anyway, so, uh, but it was, it was a seminal movie. It was a seminal movie in my life. And there's this line where William Wallace has just kind of won this big battle, and they knight him, and, and these kind of elders had been kind of have these kind of entrenched power structure, and they're arguing over, you know, now that William Wallace, his family line comes from this family, and so his long-standing family loyalty has been with this line, and then they start arguing as to now who has the, the, the power to kind of like now get political control over Scotland. And he begins to just his guys and they just start walking out the door and they kind of interrupt the 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 elders are interrupted by one of the main elders and he's like wait wait wait, where are you going and he goes um you're so happy from the scraps of longshanks who is their enemy's king you're so happy with the scraps that he gives you that you've missed your god-given right for something better and this scene just kind of like, just like seared my heart just on Thursday. And it was like, man, we are happy from the scraps from our enemy's table that we've missed our God-given right for something better. A redeemed and free imagination for the Lord to be Lord over. And for Him, through His Word and through His Holy Spirit, to guide and lead His sons and daughters in this generation. But it doesn't come from religious duty. It's by actually getting into a humble place in your heart to say, God, I'm maybe a little scared of that, but God, I want that. And we can be honest in that place with the Lord. We don't have to pretend in this kind of intimate place where he's inviting us into, inviting you into with him. This is a place between you and him. Most of, so this place has evolved as the Lord has walked with him from a path to a cabin. And in this kind of cabin, I go to the Lord, I meet with him.
But from there and through the years, the Lord has directed this place. And he's opened up. There's a place I go to. It's kind of overlooking a cliff. And if I need perspective over something, I just hang with Jesus. And we hang our feet off the ledge. And I ask him, God, I need your perspective. Because I feel like I'm so in the weeds here, I just can't see. God, give me your perspective. There's another place he's led where, call it the stronghold forest. (laughs) Stuff the Lord really wants to deal with. And the Lord leads and there's a word on the tree. Whatever the stronghold we're dealing with, and we cut it down together when we root up the root system together. And there's also another place where kind of a kind of a strategy tent that the Lord and the Lord's will. But this is a this is a place where I've maybe shared with five people before this morning, and so it's a vulnerable place. But I but I truly believe that there's a place that God, with a sanctified imagination once, and this is, again, I'm trying to be as biblical and accurate as possible, so please hear my heart. This isn't trying to get into some subjective space and kind of just live in la-la land with Jesus. No, it is a sacred place that God has built, that He's in charge and He directs, but it's a place He's inviting all of us into. Yeah. So I think that, let's pray. Lord, we just uh, pause our hearts before you this morning. God, I don't know what we were expecting this morning, but I don't think it was really this. Lord, we were expecting a big dose of encouragement, but God, this is a little bit more of what we need. And so, Father God, I pray that God, in this season that you would supernaturally lead people into this place with you, into this communion space with you. God, use their imagination. God, the enemy has had that place too long. We have given up that ground or we've made it completely weird where he's not in charge. But Father, I pray that right now, God... Lord, I just, uh, Lord, I just want to pray a prayer of repentance. God, for any of us that have allowed the world to dominate this area in our life, God, whether through perversion, whether through just sheer entertainment or just putting it before our face for hours on end without recognizing God, we are brainwashing our own selves away from your presence. And God, I pray that you would wake us up. And so, Lord, we repent of giving in to that, of being duped. And God, I pray that we wouldn't be satisfied with what the world offers. We wouldn't be satisfied with the scraps our enemy tries to give us to lead us off track, to blind us to who we are, to who you are, and to who I were here, to bring heaven to earth. And Father, you need your sons and daughters equipped from this place. Holy Spirit. God, I pray that right now that we'd just in a a 
just in a safe place. I pray that you would just right now just anchor us. God, I pray that you just just as we just close our eyes, Father, just that you'd reveal yourself before us. Just use your imagination. Just picture Jesus before you. Yeah, we're going there, so let's do this. Picture Jesus before you. And then just let Jesus add an environment around you that he and you can meet. Father, I pray that you just reveal that environment right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, even if it's just this inkling little space that we now have, God, I pray that we would value it as much to God just come back continually right here. And God, as we read your word, as we pray, as we just silent ourselves before you, God, that we would meet here. And Father, I pray that you would be Lord over this space and that God pray that you would expand this place, that you would know them and they would know you from this intimate place in Jesus' name. Lord God, thank you for these people. Thank you, God, for their hungry hearts. God, I pray that, Lord, you would just take what was sown here and supernaturally take it by your presence, by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, y'all, have a good start of the year. There you go. Bless you. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.